I just thought I'd play that because um, I just thought it was really cool. And you know, um, we really need to learn to appreciate what we have in life right now here. And that's part of our message this morning. We're speaking on generosity. And uh, the series is Money Matters. We're going right through till October. But generosity. But you know, if you can't appreciate what you have right here, right now, there's no matter going over the other side of the world because God has wants to open our eyes to what we have right here, right now. God has got so much blessings for us and he just wants us to open our eyes to appreciate what we have. Isn't it great? So I've got a title of a message and it might come up and it's called Camel Generosity. There we are. And I'm going to... Um, share on that later, but I'm just going to open in prayer, eh? Holy Spirit of God, we just thank you that you are living, that you are alive in us. And Father, for this message that I'm about to share, Lord, thank you that it is your words and it's from your heart for these people. And thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in each and every one of us. And may we go away empowered and strengthened and challenged in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So, you know, we live in a culture where um, it's like grandma rivalry. We live in a culture where it's um, performance and com competition, you know. It's about my rights. It's about me. And, you know, the first murder in the Bible was all about giving and offering. And Cain got jealous over what Abel had offered, and he killed him. And, you know, we can go through life and say, oh, I'll be happy if I have a bigger house or I need to go and travel overseas. But what we need is a revelation of God's grace and love to really appreciate what we have, to have that thankful spirit, an appreciation of how much God loves us. When we come, become conscious of God's supply, we are living under grace. But when we are conscious of the demands put on us to achieve, we live under the law. Do you know, simply put, the principle of grace is supply, while the principle of the law is demand. Do you know, the law says, you shall, you shall not. But under grace, God says, I will. It's him that supplies. You know, you can say, oh, it's impossible. But God says, all things are possible. You say, I'm too tired, and God says, I will give you rest. And you say, oh, nobody really loves me. God says, I love you. And you say, I can't go on, and God says, my grace is sufficient. You say, I can't figure things out. God says, I will direct you. And you say, I can't do it. And God says, you can do all things. You say, I'm not able. God says, I am able. You say it's not worth it, God says it will be worth it. And there's verses with all of these things. You say, I can't forgive myself, God says, I forgive you. You say, I can't manage, God says, I will supply all your need. The law never encourages, but grace does. So the difference is that under grace, God is the one doing all the doing and supplying, not you. And this is the relationship that he has for us under his new covenant of grace. As we get this revelation of what his kingdom is about, supply and generosity, you know, we become 
givers and suppliers and generous like him. Our Father is an unconditional, over-the-top, generous giver. And Isaiah 32 verse 8 says this, A generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he will stand. Are you standing today? The generous person who is someone who does above and beyond giving. We can complain so much about things. We can complain about every little thing that we have. And there was a lady who had a neighbor who just complained all the time. And she thought, I'm going to bring him to church. So she brings him to church. And after it, she says, so how, did, how was it? And he went, oh, it was much too cold in there. And, you know, I said, they spoke for such a long time. And the worship, it was just far too loud. And he just complained. And then he says, and then they did this money thing. It was just, oh, he said, it was just terrible. And he had his young son that he'd taken along as well. And his young son, who was very observant, said, well, Dad, you've got to admit, it wasn't a bad show for a dollar. <laughs> Do you know giving is an attitude before it becomes an action? These kind of people don't stop to calculate the cost. When there's a need, they give. And you know, as I said, we live in a culture where it's about me and my rights. And you know, it even began with Adam and Eve. They wanted to eat from one tree when there was hundreds of others available for them to eat. And as, child, as um, parents, you know, we grow up in a home. What are you modeling in your home? You know, we teach our children to be sharing and giving from such a, a young age. And there was, there's a poem called The Cookie Thief, and I thought it was um, really good, so I was going to read it out to you. And it says this. This is the poem. It says, A woman was waiting at, at an airport one night with several long hours before her flight. She hunted for a book in the airport shops, bought a bag of cookies, and found a place to drop. She was engrossed in her book, but happened to see that the man sitting beside her, as bold as could be, grabbed a cookie or two from the bag in between, which she tried to ignore to avoid a scene. So she munched the cookies and watched the clock as the gutsy cookie thief diminished her stock. She was getting more irritated in the, min in the minutes as the minutes ticked by, thinking, if I wasn't so nice, I'd blacken his eye. With each cookie she took, he took one too. When only one was left, she wondered what he would do. With a smile on his face and a nervous laugh, he took the last cookie and broke it in half. She had never known when she had been so galled and sighed when, with relief when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings and headed to the gate, refusing to look back at the thieving ingrate. She boarded the plane and sank in her seat and thought she, sorry, she sank in her seat. Then she sought her book, which was almost complete. As she reached in her baggage, she gasped with surprise. There was her bag of cookies in front of her eyes. <gasps> if mine are here, she moaned in despair. The others were his and he tried to share. Too late to apologize, she realized with grief that she was the rude one, the ingrate thief. Do you know, Proverbs 11 and 24 says this, One person is generous and yet grows more wealthy, but another withholds more than he should, more than he should comes to poverty. Are we being generous this morning?
Now, I want to share a story um, from the Bible, and it's to do with the camel generosity. And you might know where this is heading, but it's found in Genesis 24, and it's about Rebekah. And it's the story of Abraham. Abraham has a son in his older years, and as he's getting really old, Abraham says to his servant that he wants him to go and find a wife for his son Isaac. And so it says here, Abraham says, go to, so he calls his servant, and he says, go to my country, which is a long distance away, go to my country and relatives and find a wife for my son Isaac. Wow, he must have been a very brave father, because I don't know if my kids would appreciate if I said to somebody, go and find a a wife or a husband for my kids. They would not be impressed. But he was a very brave man. In verse 10, it says, Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and left, taking with him all kinds of good things. That was gifts from his master. So he gets on his journey and he arrives in, in the area and he prays. And it's really important if in anything and situation you're facing in life to pray, isn't it? It's really good to pray. So he prays, and as he's praying, he hasn't even finished praying, and he's asking God that there'll be a woman that will come out, and that as he is thirsty by the spring, he asks for a water, that she will say, yes, I will give you some water, and that she'll also go over and above that and offer to feed his animal, uh, the camels. So... um. As soon as he's finished praying, along comes Rebecca, a very beautiful young woman. When he asked for a cup of water, without hesitation, she gave it to him. And then she goes over and above generosity because what she did was actually amazing. Now, you know that um, she, she's never seen this man before. He's just sitting there. He asks her for a drink. And she says, yes, I'll give you a drink. But do you know that she actually goes over and above that? Because 10 camels, do you know how much one camel could probably drink? And it says that in the Bible, it tells us that she actually um, gave them water and filled up the trough until they were finished, till they were all done drinking. Do you know that it can take, a camel can drink up to 25 gallons of water in one sitting? It's a huge amount. And these were 10 camels. And it wasn't that it was an easy job to do because she would have to walk down to the spring and it was one of these pitches. It was probably on a rope. You'd throw it out, fill it up, bring it back to the trough and she'd be going back and forward, back and forward. It would have taken ages to do all this, to feed, to water these 10 camels. And so this was something that took hours and hours and hours. Hours of her generosity, she went over and above 250 gallons of water in total, these camels probably drank. And, you know, have you ever um, offered to help? You know, sometimes you put your hand up and say, oh, I'd like to help. And then you think, oh, why on earth did I do that? Why on earth? It just went on and on and on. And we're like, don't they realize how much cost this is to me? Don't they realize all this hard work? And you know, but she wasn't like that. She just went over and above. And the servant, it tells us in the Bible, as we read Genesis 24, that the servant, he just sat there, or he, he, he just watched her until she'd finished. And I thought that was really interesting that he didn't offer to help, but he just watched her. But all the time he would be thinking, 
Is this the answer to my prayer? Is this what you, uh, God who you're bringing along? And um, is she a woman of her word? Has she got what it takes? Have you got what it takes? When someone comes along and when you need to be generous, have you got what it takes, church, this morning? Have you got what it takes? And this story is a picture to us of the Father God. You know, Abraham represents God, the Father, and Isaac represents Jesus. And the servant is a picture to us of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, um, God sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. And the Holy Spirit, he um, came in and he goes about looking for a bride for Jesus, for God's Son. And it's a very precious story to us. And Jesus says, all that come to me will never thirst. Have you been feeling lately that you have to perform to be accepted? Have you been feeling like life has dished up some dryness to you and that you just need some refreshment? Well, I want to tell you that when you come to Jesus, he can refresh your soul. He is there and it says, Jesus said, when you come to me, you will never thirst again. He's got the kind of water, living water that you need. And you know, Rebecca, she just keeps on going. She keeps on going. And God loves a cheerful giver here. Someone who displays generosity like Abraham. Abraham had a generous spirit. He was so generous that when his nephew, he was sharing um, the ground and land went before um, Isaac was there. He was with Lot, his nephew, who he'd brought up. And uh, when the herdsman said, oh, there's too much room here, we need to separate and go, Abraham was generous. He gave Lot the first choice. And Lot chose the better plane, and Abraham had second base. But do you know, in God's kingdom, you will never have second base, because when you appreciate that God's favor and blessing is upon you, you will go places, and he will bless you, that no matter where you walk, no matter where you go, he is with you, and he will abundantly bless you know, and um, I just thought, why are camels good soldiers? Why are camels good soldiers? As they have good camouflage. I thought that was quite a funny joke. So, um, Abraham had a generous spirit, and that's what he modeled in his home. Verse 25 says, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. He was a great man of faith, Abraham, and this would have rubbed off onto his servant. So he trusted his servant to do this for him. What we give out starts in the home. Abraham modeled giving, and it was caught by his servant who modeled it. So he steps out in faith and is responsible for such an important task to find a wife for his son. And you might be young here today. If you're looking for a, a young man or a young wife to be, I tell you, something that is so good to look for is a, gen a person with a generous spirit. Abraham modeled giving and generosity to his family so that even Isaac, his son, caught it as well. And in chapter 26, it tells us this. Um, yeah, there was a famine in the land, and that's where Isaac lived. But it said, even in a time of famine, verse 12, Isaac sowed. He planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold. What are you sowing this morning? Are you sowing generosity? I want to encourage you to keep going. 
Keep sowing even when the ground seems tough, no matter the season of life that you are facing today, whether it be a dry time, whether it be a time of plenty. Keep sowing and be generous and you will receive a harvest just like Isaac. Generosity opens doors that you may not even know that God is offering you. Rebecca did not know that she was going to get a wealthy husband. But when um, the servant asks Rebecca and and asks, will you come with me? And, And he told her, he tells her all that is in Abraham's house. He tells her of his wealth. And do you know that that is what God does? The Holy Spirit says, You want to know what God is like. He is a generous God. He is a father who loves you. He's got so much good things. Heaven has got such amazing things for us. And so the servant tells Rebecca all of this. And Rebecca agrees to go. I tell you what, it's so amazing that she actually agrees to go. And um, it does. Generosity opens doors. By Rebecca's generosity, it opened door, her door to amazing things. And um, it tells us that the servant comes back to meet her family. And when he's there, in verse 52, it says, When Abraham's servant heard what they said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. Then the servant brought out gold and silver jewelry and articles of clothing and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave costly gifts to her brother and to her mother. Do you know that the Holy Spirit has done the same thing with us here today. He has given us amazing gifts for the body that are to be used for his honor and glory. What is your gift today? It's not to just be kept to yourself, but it's to be used generously for the body and for the church. And that is to be used for a blessing. So Rebecca has all these amazing things. And you know, you could never know what you can usher in with generosity. And Rachel made history because she's uh, uh, talked about so much and she um, she, uh, also brought in, through the genealogy, the Messiah. So it's wonderful. Winston Churchill said this, we make a living by what we get, we make a life by what we give. And Rachel made a life by what she gave. She opened up her door with generosity to great blessing and destiny. If I could have the band up, because I'm going to be finished soon. And um, yeah, many are blessed by a spirit of unconditional, over-the-top generosity. The whole of her family was blessed. You know, when you give, you don't just really give and bless the person there, but you bless many, many people around you. Through Rachel's generosity, she blessed her father, she blessed her, his mother, she blessed um, many, many people around her. And that's what generosity does. It opens the door to great blessing. And um, yeah, and so Rebecca's family were greatly blessed. And you know, I want to encourage you to keep on praying, keep on praying because um, there was a time where Paul was without a wife and I know that he prayed for six years before I came along, and it was like the Holy Spirit had to go right over to the other side of the world to find a wife for Paul. And, um, and I'm like, oh, do I really want it? When God 
called me to come to New Zealand, I'm like, do I really want to go over there? Because I'd never been before. I had no idea what I was coming to, which was really like Rebecca. She had no idea where she'd, she was going, but she'd heard through the Holy Spirit, the servant, that there was good things there. And you know, I've heard, I'd heard a lot about New Zealand, but it was, I didn't realize how good it was until I actually arrived. And then um, Paul had been praying, but not just that, Paul's mother had been praying for something else because they were going on a world tour in, uh, in the month of July. Now, I hadn't even arrived. I arrived in, at the end of April, didn't even know Paul's family. And Paul's mother was going on a world tour and they lived in a tiny little village where they had this little Sunday school. And she had been praying that while she was away, because she was the only woman there, that there would be another woman who would come along and be able to teach the Sunday school so that it was all safe and looked great and that the guys there would have this woman. So she's been praying this. And um, Paul had also been praying for a wife. So this is at the end of April. IRI's touches down in Auckland at the end of April. And I come up to this beautiful Northland area and I happen to meet Paul. And Paul falls in love and then he gets, and we get married six weeks later. And lo and behold, not only was his prayer answered, but his mother's prayer was answered because I stayed and I was able to help with the Sunday school. And you know, when you pray and when you are given, and I have to say that Paul's family were a generous family. And so because of their generosity in the village and what they had done, God blessed his mother's prayer and he blessed um, Paul's prayer. And that's what generosity does. It opens the doors to see many more of our prayers answered and fulfilled. Abraham got his prayer answered for his son. And I'm sure Isaac got his prayer answered because he would have been lonely and praying for a wife. And not only that, but um, the Holy, um, sorry, uh, the servant, which was probably Eliezer, got his prayer answered as well because God answered all their prayers. Blessing multiplies. Generosity, it's like that seed. When you plant it in the ground, it doesn't just stay there. It multiplies and it grows into a crop, a harvest, a tree, so that many people are blessed by it. So it's so good. And you know, God has pleasure when his children do well and prosper. So it says in Psalm 35, verse 27 in closing, let them shout for joy and be glad who face my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God has so much good things for you. He wants you to prosper because it brings him pleasure. Do you know it brings me pleasure when I see my children do well and succeed in life and prosper. That's what God has for you and I, and that's what he wants for you and I.